Hello, and welcome to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the podcast of the New American Colleges and Universities, a network of private institutions providing an education that integrates the liberal arts, professional studies, and civic engagement. I'm your host, Sean Creighton. Our podcast speaks with insightful experts about current and future issues affecting higher ed. Thanks for joining us. My guest for this episode is Karina Nolka. Karina is the Executive Director of the Green Mountain Higher Education Consortium. The organization was founded in 2013 by three Vermont colleges, Champlain College, Middlebury College, and St. Michael's College. And it was created with the goal in mind to foster collaborative endeavors among these institutions and serve as an agent for shared economic and educational initiatives. For example, last year, Green Mountain serviced over 2,000 benefits-eligible employees, paid over 10,000 vendors, issued almost 90,000 paychecks, and had savings of over $130,000 in new contracts. In total, Green Mountain Consortium has saved the three colleges over $20 million since it was founded. Karina Nolka, welcome to the NACU Podcast. Thank you so much for having me. Well, tell us a little bit about you know your background and what led you to the role that you have today at the Green Mountain Higher Education Consortium. I'm actually an economist by training. Interestingly enough, uh, I still wonder about that choice. But um, my first work was in publishing, where I worked in corporate development and global budgeting and controlling. Uh, so I call that the halfway house between the real world and higher ed. It was profit-oriented, but not Truly, because poetry books never make a profit. Um, when I then landed in higher ed, I worked in finance at Middlebury College in Vermont in various roles, business manager, tax manager, assistant controller, and in special projects. And in that role of special projects, I became involved with the Green Mountain Higher Education Consortium. It had okay. just started, and each college brought in a finance representative and so I was the finance representative for Middlebury College. And when the board decided that they really wanted somebody to think 24-7, 365 about the consortium to move with projects a little bit further than when people do it as in the famous other duties as assigned, uh, a national search was convened. I ended up applying and voila, here I am since the spring of 2015. It's interesting, your economist background, I mean, I would think maybe that puts you in a really good position for the kind of work that you, you're doing right now. I think so in two ways, right? It's uh, As an economist, you are trained to think about problems more broadly and uh, think about them strategically and how they connect. Different pieces connect to each other. And there's a lot of math <laughs> involved <laughs> when you do economics. And so that certainly has helped me as well when we were looking at business models and really try to figure out by the numbers whether it makes sense to do certain strategic investments. Well, let's tell our listeners, what what is the Green Mountain Higher Ed Consortium? How was it founded and how does it work? And tell us about the core businesses. Help us understand it. Yeah, the Green Mountain Higher Education Consortium was born, as the story goes, at a kitchen table in Vermont at a farmhouse by a couple of presidents holding glasses with maybe some amber liquid 
<laughs> in their hands. <laughs> the founding members are Champlain College, St. Michael's College, and Middlebury College, which are all located in northern Vermont. Something you probably guessed from the type, from the name of the consortium. Mm-hmm. When the presidents came together, they were uh, basically saying to each other, "We cannot keep doing this." At that point, um, this is increasing tuition by more than inflation. And we all have to do the same things and are reinventing the wheel over and over again. Can we do things together and hopefully save some money along the way and possibly even provide that at, uh, at a higher level of service? Hmm. So they asked the CFOs to do research and uh, decided then that the consortium would focus uh, solely on back office functions in the beginning and specifically mm-hmm. focus on HR, IT and finance. And so you asked about the core business areas. They are now exactly those three areas. On the IT side, we implemented a new ERP system, uh, finance, HCM, and payroll for the three members and are providing now support for that system. On the HR side, we are providing benefit shared services, which includes administering all the health and welfare plans, including retirement plans for the colleges. Hmm. We also have payroll and accounts payable shared services which means that the colleges no longer have employees uh, doing the work in benefits, payroll, or IP. We are now providing those services completely for them. We also have an arm in procurement where we help different departments in the colleges mm-hmm. with RFPs and contracts. So the colleges, do they contract with the consortium? Is it that kind of arrangement? Each Correct. college has its own? Mm-hmm. The consortium is its own 501c3. It's a supporting organization. Uh, the Three members are the member owners of the consortium. The board consists of one trustee and the CFO of each college. Mm. And that was done uh, very mindfully. Many consortia have the presidents as board members. But the when the uh, consortium was founded, the idea was to really keep the presidents, if you will, in, back, in the back pocket in case of mm-hmm. strife on the board level that the presidents could be brought in to help and solve with any issues. Because we have done so many highly strategic projects in the last four years, the presidents actually have joined us in our board meetings over the last four years regularly. Um, But the idea still, and it has worked so far, is that they are our last path to escalation in Mm -hmm. case we need it. How long has the the organization, did you say, it's been around? The thought idea came up in uh, 2012, and then in 2013, uh, people, representatives from HR, IT, and uh, finance were convened for the first time, uh, incorporated since 2014, so call it eight years. Oh, and so right at the beginning you started, I was going to say, did you start with one kind of functional area first and then add another, but right away you knew you wanted to focus on those three core areas? So the three core areas were immediately asked to come together to uh, come up with uh, projects that they could do together. Finance, if you will, had had it easy, right? We concentrated on contracts. And our very first project, I think, was actually the perfect project for the consortium because it shows what the consortium can do. Two of the colleges had purchasing cards already, and it so happened to be that they had it with the same vendor. The third college did not have a purchasing card yet. And if you don't know, purchasing cards are really credit cards that employees use to buy certain products and use when they travel. And the positive thing about a purchase card is that you get a rebate on the money you spend. So basically, you get some of your money back. Um, by bringing the three colleges together under one contract, the two colleges that 
colleges that already had the contract now got a bigger rebate. And the third college, the college that did not have a card, now got a rebate and had the help of the already experienced PCAT administrators from the two colleges, help them implement the system and the card and roll it out so that it was much easier for them to actually bring it into their college. So we not only saved money for all three, but we also provided uh, an invaluable service to the third one by helping them implement something very quickly and smoothly. And so finance kept doing that in the beginning, mm-hmm. um, finding contracts, office supplies, later on custodial supplies. On the benefit side, the three colleges happened to have the same broker consultant helping them mm-hmm. with their health and welfare contracts. And so um, the CFOs actually challenged that broker, asking him to come up with a five-year plan on how could we do things differently together. And mm-hmm. we executed on that plan very well truly saving millions for the colleges by, in a way, again, purchasing together on, in the benefits uh, sphere. Yeah, that's terrific, terrific example of working together to um, create efficiencies and, and savings. Do the colleges compete for same students? No, there is not a, a lot of overlap between the three colleges. And so that certainly helped, especially in the beginning when mm-hmm. uh, the colleges came together, right? Because there obviously is always here around enrollment. Uh, the three colleges have uh, different student bases. Yeah, I was wondering like how much that contributes to this type of success and working together. The fact that there isn't that, that competition because it often becomes a barrier, right, to uh, collaboration. Yes, uh, for sure. I do believe that it is important that it's similar type of colleges so that they experience mm-hmm. similar type of problems. So I don't think, for example, that we would work well with community colleges because they just have a totally different population, you know, different uh, strategies around the students that they have. Many more students are uh, working full-time working adults versus, you know, the basic fundamental approach of our three colleges here who are, you know, private residential liberal arts colleges. One of them has a very large uh, online presence as well. The other, yet another one has a graduate institute out in California, etc. So there are differences, but fundamentally they're all private liberal arts residential colleges. Mm-hmm. I do think in that sense it's important so that when you talk to each other, you have similar questions and issues. Do I believe that the non-compete, if you will, is important? I think that is something that can be pretty easily overcome, especially if you work back office like we do. Mm-hmm. If you're in the student sphere or the academic sphere, that might be harder. Uh, but on the back office side, truly every college just aspires to do the things that have to be done and have to be done well. But ideally, you never hear about, right, as cost right. efficiently and um smoothly as possible. And that is true about payroll and accounts payable for sure, but even about benefits, right? It's very, very important. It's a competitive advantage to have good benefits. So you want to make sure it's done very well and thoughtfully. It's also a very large cost factor in a college's or really truly any business's calculation. Uh, And so making sure that there's financial sustainability uh, thought through while administering those college um, benefits plans is very important. And a group of people who come together and can specialize can probably 
service that better than individuals. And so coming mm -hmm. together, then even if you compete otherwise with each other might still very well benefit you and overcome that competition on the other side of the coin. Yeah. Are you identifying other areas that you want to grow into in terms of the back office or maybe not even just back end, but other parts of the university? Is that kind of an ongoing conversation at the group or, or is it more of a, this model is working. Let's like kind of stick to the core functions we identified. What's the future look like for the organization? Yes, we definitely have a list of things that are, that could be good shared services in other back office functions that we would like to explore at some point. We have shouldered a big, big load over the last four years by implementing a whole new ERP system on those shared services. Benefits and payroll are only for a little bit more than a year shared services now. So we are still working through making sure that these services really work without a hitch. Uh, so this year is for us really a year of putting a tidy bow around all the big projects that we have mm -hmm. implemented, giving us actually the, you know, the gift of time of trying to finish up something to call it truly done before starting new projects. But the future for sure is the exploration of other shared services of new members, um, because we do think this model is scalable and also uh, in different arenas. Um, so we are tipping our toe on the academic side right now, for example, to possibly work together on a new project there. Oh, yeah, interesting, because that was sort of my next question. Like, you know, is the model scalable? Would you consider adding other institutions? So it sounds like that is definitely on your radar and maybe part of your, your future plans. Yeah, absolutely. And in, in many ways, we already worked on Zoom before the pandemic because we did that large implementation project, right? We had consultants everywhere in the US and in India, we had people from the three colleges that are about 30 miles away from each other. We had them often come together into one room, but we also had some people working from California. So we had been working in the Zoom environment and had been working well. But I think COVID showed us even more that relationship is very important. And would I prefer starting building a relationship in person for sure? But having built that trust, which can be done with intentional meetings and, you know, breaking bread, etc., then can be done via calls on Zoom. And so I do believe that we don't need to be co-located. We don't need to be in the same state. We absolutely within that broader framework that I said before, we're private mm -hmm. liberal residential arts colleges that are have similar layouts around uh, administration. It would benefit a lot and we would be able to help both our founding members and the new members because if we, you know, it's economies of scale. If we add another college or two on our Oracle platform, we will be able to, you know, that would mean we would have more money for support to make systems even more automatic, if you will. So that testing, for example, of the system, we could then maybe purchase software that would help us with testing. So it's not humans that our HR office, you know, every quarter has to do testing. We could maybe minimize testing. So I do think that both the existing members would benefit by uh, the economies of scale, as well as new members who wouldn't have to reinvent the wheel, 
just like mm -hmm. more colleges didn't want to do it anymore. They would have a solution presented to them that already is working for three different colleges. So why shouldn't it work for college number four? Uh, we have tested it out three different ways uh, already. And so, you know, get those ser better services and cost savings for sure. Right. When the presidents and others were thinking about this group at the beginning, was there a model they looked at or some kind of pre-existing practices somewhere else that they said, look over there, they're doing it so we can do it here? Or do you feel like you were the start of this movement of collaboration that we really don't see that often? Yeah, actually, uh, the former president of St. Mike's, Jack uh, Neuhauser, was previously at Boston College. And so he for sure knew about the Boston Consortium for Higher Ed and the colleges of the Fenway. Dave Finney was in New York. Uh, he had been exposed to consortia before. So what the CFOs did as part of the exploration, what this consortium should look like, is that they talked to leaders at different consortia, the colleges of the Fenway, the five colleges in Amherst, Claremont um, organization of the Claremont Colleges out in California. And based on those conversations that included consortia that do solely academics, solely student, do both, do a lot of the back office work, are co-located, are a little bit further away, um, they decided that back office would be the way to go. Um, there's really only uh, two consortia that really truly do that. The Boston Consortium for IAT in Boston that has a lot of communities of practice in other areas as well, but really is on the business side mostly. And then the Claremont Consortium in California who are co-located and much bigger mm -hmm. and much older. So they also run the library for the eight organizations and they have the bookstore, et cetera, do the facilities work. So much, much bigger scale and much older, over 100 years, so much more experience. But the idea was there. And I personally have been guided a lot by the Association for Collaborative Leadership. Their conferences are wonderful. Mm -hmm. All the people participating are true sharers. They live the mm -hmm. collaboration by collaborating not only with their colleges, but also with other consortia helping each other along, which has been wonderful. It is a great organization. And um, having I belong to it as well with you. And uh, I know how much you know, we can learn by sharing with one another. You know, it's interesting, the the idea of proximity and like how important is it for the colleges to be near one another? And, you know, in the Claremont Colleges example, I mean, they are, as you said, they're, they're co-located, you know, but with all the technology we have nowadays that, and you've already alluded to this, that maybe it's not as important that the schools are near one another as uh, maybe it was in the past, but maybe you could kind of share a little bit more thinking on that. Yeah, I do. I think that that's true depending on what you do. If you want to do public safety together, uh, then co-location is very helpful. Mm -hmm. And that is where you then uh, save money. If you're within two square miles of each other, then you can have one um, public safety force that can help with the entire, you know, with all campuses together. But if you do things that are really, you know, software license, contracts, benefits administration, or even this is not something we do. But if you even think on the other side, on the student space and look at student financial services, when they look at the applications, there's a body of work where all the applications have to be reviewed for did the parents submit or the students submit all of the documentation for this. This is all done electronically. 
So there's no reason that you have to sit right on top of each other in order to be able to create a shared service of people who do exactly that work, not just for one college, but for three or four, right? The differentiating piece between the colleges is the magic of how you apply financial aid, but those financial aid officers, you know, that is important that they are part of the culture of the college and that they are there so that students and parents, when they come and visit, they can talk to them. But the back office piece of checking the documentation and following up to make sure that that document has been signed by both parents, that can be done anywhere. And it's already done online. And so I think it's really about finding the colleges that have similar goals around collaborative work and proximity there is not physical proximity, but proximity and goals that is essential, I believe. When it's, when the group started, I mean, it must have taken some level of investment uh, by the three institutions. So maybe you could talk about that, but then also is the business model for the consortium, is it self-sustaining at this point because of a, uh, all the savings it creates for the institutions or what does the business model look like? Yeah, it's interesting that you ask because uh, when I look at the expenses of the consortium from day one, uh, we always had more savings than we cost money. Mm-hmm. And part of that was indeed the model that how it was started. There was not a dedicated person from day one. Instead, they asked three people in finance to do this as other duties as a sign. So, you know, as one part of our day job, or maybe it was more of the evening type job, we, you know, we worked through, let's figure out this P-card contract and let's implement that. Let's do the office supply contract. So we were immediately able to save quite a lot of money so that even at the point when I then became the first employee as an executive uh, director, uh, my salary was covered by those savings at that point. Um, And so contrary to many consortia, for better or worse, we have never had grant funding that helped the consortium along. We yeah. are right now, we had our, this spring, we got our first grant for a new initiative we are doing around uh, property liability insurance, where we are selecting together a broker so that we then can hopefully come together and purchase insurance as on that side, not just on the health benefit side together, but also on the property liability, et cetera, side together, because we believe that there will be a lot of savings as well. And we got a grant to hire um, an outside person to help us with that RFP. But other than that, it was all self-funded. The three colleges always put in a third, a third, and a third in for my position and my office to ensure that even though one of the colleges is about double the size or triple, almost triple the size, of the other colleges that there, it's clear that it's an equal partnership. And now that we are having shared services, those are basically being paid for by the colleges who would have paid their employees before as well. And as I said before, we were able to provide those shared services at a lower cost for each college. And so if you will, yes, they are now paying quite a big bill every year to us or every quarter um, to be factual. But that bill is, you know, in total less than they would have paid for their payroll accounts, payable benefits people. Uh, Procurement pays for itself with the contracts. And then, well, an IT system is an IT system that never pays for itself, as we know. (laughs) So (laughs) that is cost. But it sounds like, yeah, the the return on investment through this model has a high payoff and and has been very valuable to these institutions. And 
I mean, I would like to talk about this all day with you, but I know that um, we probably need to wrap up here. The uh, I hope you know to uh, bring you back, and as we watch the Green Mountain Higher Ed Consortium continue to grow and explore new areas, and uh, serve as a model for other groups going into the future, because it seems like a an important collaborative work that helps uh, helps everyone as a great example of working together and what we can accomplish. So thank you so much for being being our guest today, and I look forward to yeah, talking to you again in the future. Thank you so much for having me. It was fun, and I would love to come back at some point. Thanks for listening to Connect, Collaborate, Champion, the NACU podcast. As president of the New American Colleges and Universities, I'm honored to work with our network of innovative campuses and champion the belief that a comprehensive liberal, professional, and civic education is essential to the future of our world. To learn more about the NACU campuses, visit nacu.edu.